As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And here we go. Nice catch right there. It's Lamb. He's off to the races. And this baby is over. And Dallas... Gets that play with Lamb returning it all the way for a touchdown. Only thing I've got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed. And just like that, the Cowboys back in this thing. Just when you thought the goal was a top five pick, the goal might be Super Bowl, guys. Let's go. An improbable victory today against the San Francisco 49ers. Cowboys offense shows up huge. The 41-33 victory over the Niners. Ezekiel Elliott sat this game out, but never fear, because Tony Pollard is here. We're going to break it all down, talk about this game, look ahead to the Eagles. By the way, around around the division, the Eagles lost today. The Washington football team lost today. And as we're recording this, the New York football Giants losing to the Cleveland Browns as well. So, the uh, guys, the maybe the star is aligning here for the Cowboys? <laughs> no? Silence? Okay. All right. Well, it's time to uh, welcome our three wise men of all things Dallas Cowboys to lead this conversation. By the way, happy holidays, everybody. We hope you're doing well out there. Stay safe and spend some time with family, although social distance if you can. And also, remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast, and subscribe to The Athletic, because our two-for-one deal is a great stocking stuffer or a last-minute gift idea. If you want to give someone in your life the gift of The Athletic and give, give them the gift of great sports coverage, there you go. Just remember to do that. So here we go. Let's welcome them in. First, from The Athletic and The Ticket, Saad Youssef. From The Athletic, Father John Mishoda. And from The Eagle, Kevin K.T. Turner. Guys, didn't see, didn't expect this to happen, and certainly didn't expect this to be a really fun game. This is just a really fun game. A lot of, a lot of turnovers, a lot of big plays, a lot of big moments, and uh, it was good. It was good, good cowboy football on Sunday. Yeah, looking back at our picks the other night, and it was Kent and I who picked the Cowboys to get the win. So I just add that to the rankings there. But we all picked a pretty close game, and it was pretty much all the way through. Uh, pretty much a close game. Even though the Cowboys got out to a 14 to nothing lead. All of a sudden their defense has turned into the turnover machines. 
It's as if they're like, you know what? This Mike Nolan guy, maybe we should save his job. He's actually been really nice. You know, after we got to know him and realize that we have the same taste in music and pop culture, maybe we should keep Mike Nolan around. Let's see if we get some turnovers. Um, and they did that and, uh, you know, got, got ahead. The big news, though, comes, you know, before the game is Zeke is going to sit this one out. And Tony Pollard is your running back one. Sure looked okay, didn't it, John? Yeah, no. Uh, well, okay in the sense that he is the better big playback for them right now. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. But the running game was still basically non-existent. I mean, you take away the Tony Pollard 40-yard touchdown run, um, you know, they're whatever. They got 26, I think, yards. I mean, it's not good. Um, so I will say this. There's no question he's more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. But Zeke said after the game he's not shutting it down. And so he's going to probably play in these final two games. And as long as Zeke plays, at the very most, Tony Pollard is going to be splitting carries. Like, Tony Pollard is not going to get the bulk of the workload as long as Ezekiel Elliott's out there. And I know that that probably bothers fans because they're probably ready to give Tony Pollard 30 carries. But that's just not how the Cowboys see it. So um, if whoever's listening wants that, if you buy the team, you can do that. Um, But... Yeah, he looked good, man. I mean, my my thing with him is, I don't. He just he doesn't run the same way as as Zeke. You know, I think he's better outside and and in space. And he had some opportunities in this game to do that. And I certainly thought that that brought a spark to the team. And so, yeah, that's one of the biggest storylines coming out of the game. But even with that, I'm 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 just I kind of look at that game as, well, they're loaded on offense next year. Like I expect Dak to come back and Tyron and and Lyell, and, and Zach, and I expect this to be one of the best offenses in the league with Tony Pollard as the lead back, with Ezekiel Elliott with the lead back. There's just so many offensive weapons they have when you get Blake Jarwin back to go now with the emergence of Dalton Schultz. like They're loaded across the board, and hey, we don't have to get into this right now, but if you look at the early projections on where this team could be drafting and what could be available, don't completely rule out them drafting an offensive player because there aren't a lot of great defensive players early on. We can get to that later, but anyway. So my big takeaway from this was really it's just the turnovers. Like, is this something that they can build on and we can see more of this going forward? If that is the case, then even being awful this season was worth it. Because let's be honest, guys, this isn't some like one year thing, two, three, four, five. We got to go back to 14 is the last time that they were one of the best in the league at taking the ball away. And even the way they started this year, that first seven games, they had three takeaways in the first seven games. I mean, it did not look like this new multiple defense was going to be getting that done. But now you have seven in the last two games. If I, and I know, hey, it's Nick Mullins. I, I, I get that, okay? I know it's Brandon Allen. I understand. Like, these probably aren't happening against Rodgers, Breeze, you know, Brady, guys like that. But if you can build on that and you can all of a sudden become one of those upper echelon teams that taking the ball away, that can cover up from, a not, from not being a great defense. That can steal some possessions. You saw in this game, what did they get off? They got uh, uh, three touchdowns, I think, and a field goal off those, off those four turnovers. And so... I went back and looked for the thing I wrote today that uh, after the game that's up on the athletic, and I wanted to go back and see what has this team done when they've when they've caused three or more takeaways going back to fourteen, and so they are they they did it in nineteen. This is their nineteenth game where they've done that, had three or more takeaways, and they've won seventeen of them. Can you guys guess over the last six years now the two games? where they had three or more turnovers and they lost the games. And I'll give you a hint. One of them is this year. Oh, one of oh, them is Eagles. This year. Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Eagles this year. Was yeah, it the, the other one. was it the Houston game in Houston? No. 
What year was it? 16. Oh, okay. Giants. Yeah. Uh, Giants. Giants. It was Giants. Yeah. yeah it, was that, it was a 10-7 game. Yeah, 10-7 game. Yep. The only touchdown was Terrence had, Williams. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I yeah. think Odell had like a big, big like catch and run that was like, ended up being basically the, the like the winning score there. But yeah, that very low scoring game like that, that was the only one. So they have 17 and two. And in, and in 14, 14, they were so good at, at taking the ball away that they had six games during that season where they had three or more takeaways and actually seven if you count the, the playoff win over over the Lions. I mean, it's been a great equalizer. And I bring up 14 real quick and I'll, and I'll let you guys go after this. I bring up 14 because I, we got we, we remember that, guys. That's not like that was just this loaded, dominant defense. But the equalizer was that they took the ball away. Yeah, and I think that's going to be important. And that that was something that we talked about earlier as well, that you know, if they can take the ball away, it, it covers up for a lot of the lack of talent that that is on this team on the defensive side of the field. So I think that's something that's going to be really important for them to be able to do. Um, the other thing that I will say with uh, with you know in, in terms of the running back, John, that you were mentioning, like you know Zeke is still going to be involved um, and and Tony Pollard is going to be mixed in. It, it, I go back to, I think it was like 2008, 9, 10, 11, somewhere around there, when you had Marion Barber and Felix Jones. And neither one of those guys gives you everything. Marion Barber could run between the tackles, but he's not going to get outside and break it out. Felix Jones is not a guy who is going to, you know, smash in between the tackles, but he could get outside. The only, I think at some point, all of us, including media, fans, everybody is going to have to just get over Zeke's contract and and get past that and accept the fact that he's here for a couple more years and then just kind of fit him in the role that he is. He is the number one running back who is going to set things up for Tony Pollard then to kind of take over and, you know, set Tony Pollard up for the swing passes we saw today, for the sweeps and things like that. So I think all that stuff combined, you saw a lot of that from the Cowboys today. You saw Tony Pollard doing his thing outside. You saw the defense taking the ball away, and that's the formula they're going to need to win games beyond this season. Well, and you know, John mentioned it. They didn't get a lot of you know like rushing yards. You look at their final rushing numbers; it's not going to be pretty. Uh, for Pollard, you know, twelve carries for sixty yards, and as John mentioned, you know, he had that big forty-yard touchdown run. To me, it, it was how he was used out of the backfield as a pass catcher, and he's just more dynamic than Zeke when he gets outside the numbers, and that's where I see the big difference. And this is where I want my organization, and I want to have faith in my organization, to evaluate the talent. Zeke will get every chance in the world to be your running back one next year. And guess what? We know how they do, they do things here. We know he's going to be the starting running back next year. But if Tony Pollard looks better than Zeke at training camp next year, and Zeke looks the same, and clearly Tony Pollard's got more burst, then why are we farting around with it? Let's just make the change. And Zeke can still be my running back, my pounded it guy off the bench or whatever. I guess the order of when they play doesn't really matter. But I, I just because I paid the guy doesn't mean if, if 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 Tony Pollard ends up being a better player than Zeke over the next two years, then Tony Pollard needs to play more. And end of discussion. And my talent evaluators need to figure that out. So, you know, to me, it's can Zeke get any of that burst back at training camp? Can he get some of what he, or is he going to be four yards a carry guy? And he's going to be plotting guy because if he's that, I need Tony Pollard on the field just as much or more than him because Tony Pollard can score. Okay, Zeke's not going to score from fifty. We're not having the screenplay from Pittsburgh where he takes it to the house. It's never happening again. It's just not going to happen unless something happens and he finds a way to 
resurrect his career. And there's, there's a way like to me, you have to move on without saying goodbye. Like it doesn't have to be some emotional thing. It's just, look, here we are. We have Zeke and we have Pollard and you know what? Pollard's going to play just as much as Zeke because he provides bigger plays. That's what I want to see. I know how this organization works and I know that's not going to happen, but that's what should happen. And, you know, until you start making tough decisions like that, you're probably going to be what you are. Just a team hovering around trying to get to the promised land that'll never get there. Now, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I'm just saying what Tony Pollard did today, both out of the backfield, his six catches for 63 yards, where he was a catalyst for the offense at times, what he did on that running play where he scored, Zeke ain't doing that. Quite frankly, he is not doing that. Now, I know there are things Tony could get better at, pass protection, things like that, that maybe Zeke's better at than him. I still I still don't think this is, should be something where it's like, well, we paid Zeke. Uh, and, you know, it's it's Ezekiel Elliott, you know, number four pick. Where you drafted the guy in 2016, I could give a damn about that. I don't care anymore. It's over. So, to me, have some tough decisions in camp next year is what I'm saying. Open competition. Let's – Let's, let's, let's start having some tough decisions with our roster instead of just saying, well, we signed the guy and he's a part of the thing. Let's have some tough decisions here. So outside of the big Pollard run, they would have had 21 carries for 47 yards. So obviously not, not a good great day. Um, but with that being said, uh, both teams obviously missing a lot up front. I would think with, when you add in Zach Martin and Tyron and uh, next year, I would say, probably Biotish, maybe even Connor McGovern, maybe plays left guard, get Lyle Collins back. Um, yeah, m- maybe there's even more there. I just, I don't see, I don't see them doing anything with Zeke in the offseason. I think he's still back. Maybe next year uh, he doesn't get as much of the workload as he did in, in the past. I mean, you could certainly argue with, it's not like this calf is the first thing that's come up this year. I mean, he's been dealing with a hamstring. I mean, maybe they look at it as that way as, hey, you know, we're trying to lighten your load even more. So maybe that's where, where they were like, hey, We'll start the game off. We're going to rotate some series. If we have a lead late, and we're trying to run out the clock and stuff. Certainly, we want Zeke in between the tackles. Let Let's get this thing. Let you know, physical football the way that this team was kind of mm-hmm. built together in that. But if not, and you're looking for big plays and stuff in the in 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 the running game, and you're and you're running sweeps and you're doing things to get, uh, you know, Pollard to kind of throw them off, and and certainly in the passing game, I and mean, he's just a better back in the passing game, obviously than than, than Zeke is. But I, I I just want to add this one thing in here. I know that Zeke hasn't had an opportunity to really get out in into the open field very much this year, but I was just thinking about this uh, yesterday. I was watching some college football games. I was just like, do you even expect Zeke to like leap over a defender anymore? Like that was like such <laughs> no. a big part of his game, and like I just don't even see him doing that anymore. You know, and it's not like. I don't know. It's like, I don't, he's not old, you know, but I just don't see that as being his part of his game where it was just like, man, especially in 16, that was just such a, like, he set the tempo there, you know, he'd be jumping over guys doing the feed me. And I mean that like the rest of the team fed off that. And now it's just like, he's become like, really, he's the backup option to what is a pass first offense now, you know? Yeah. And I like- think the thing that, the thing that KT's saying, I, I think the thing that we're all saying to me, We've seen this in the past where the Cowboys will will play their players by the contract that they have. So by that nature, Zeke should get the bulk because he's the highest paid player. So we should get the most out of him. I don't really. I'm 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 done complaining about the contract. We all know how we all feel about it. I'm just saying the Cowboys shouldn't be playing 
uh, him by the contract if that's not where where the production is coming from. If, if this is a Marion Barber, Julius Jones split down the middle type thing, play it like that. Even if it's not go, even if one guy's making ninety million, that's fine. But you need to play the roles that are given. And so that's why that's the only thing that I'm saying for the Cowboys even going forward. You can't let the front office stuff get in the middle of what's going on on the field. How much yeah. of this goes on the on the play caller though too? Because you know, like for example, obviously I put you know Sean Payton at the very top on that, and obviously he was able to find a way to, to make something like this similar work with a Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And I'm not comparing like apples to apples with these two, but I'm just yeah. saying like he was able to make it work with those guys. Like, how much do you guys put it on, you know, the play caller? being able to also, cause you know, that's the thing. Like we always talk about like, Oh yeah, you know, they might be getting them both out on the field together, but then it never really turns into anything where you're like, Oh yeah, this is good. This is good. This is something that you can kind of work off of. And so how much do you guys put it on the play caller? And that's why I think it does matter to have a quote unquote number one, because you're designing packages and, and things like that substitution packages and things like that. Like all that goes into it. Um, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, if we could just weed out the what, what Sab was saying, we can weed out the BS of the contract. We're over the contract, and let's just who's the better running back? And that's a decision you can make after training camp or after a couple preseason games. Uh, you know, hopefully we're doing normal training camp and preseason games in 2021. But that should be personnel moves because that's what happens for the good teams, the, the contending teams. They make good personnel decisions, and it's based on trusted eyeballs in the organization and good coaching, you know, they just make good decisions. Uh, There's a reason in Baltimore, they're like, yeah, we got JK Dobbins. It's going to go. We know Mark Ingram. He's still on our team, but we know he's going downhill a little bit. And then we're going to mix in a little Gus Edwards. We're going to find a way to make it work. They they just know what to do. And I I think the Cowboys have have made a uh, legit effort this year to get Tony more involved, at least more than they ever have in the past. And uh, and I'm not some guy who's like thinks like my God Tony Pollard's going to set the rushing record either. Like hell, man! If you in the sixth round and you got a good running back you like on the board, let's go ahead and pop that guy. A little speed demon, you know. Let's see what we can do. Like you can still make some adjustments on the fly, but I want these personnel decisions being made that have with no bearing on the contract. If the Cowboys sign a linebacker in free agency or they draft a fourth round line or, or let's say for whatever reason, don't just jump out on a limb with me here guys for a minute. Let's say that Francis Bernard has a better uh, training camp than Jalen. And you're going, God, Jalen still can't move. This is a problem, you know? And Francis Bernard is like, he said, Hey, it looks like he's gained a step and his read and recognition is looking a little bit better. Well, it doesn't matter that you signed Jalen. Like to me, I think all that stuff matters. But this franchise doesn't – and they've never operated that way. They, they never have. So I don't expect anything to change. And I don't think – I don't think Zeke and Tony Pollard, their a number of carries or number of snaps makes a huge difference on next year's record. <laughs> like I think your offense is going to be about Dak, about winging it through the air, things like that, and really about how much you're able to improve your defense. So let's move on from Zeke and go to the defense. Demarcus Lawrence makes the play, of course. That's no surprise. I did like, I thought Dorrance Armstrong's kind of a big body to have on special teams running down the field, but Dorrance Armstrong makes a play. Like, those are the things that get me excited. Like, just little plays from people who, like, you don't know. Like, I see Demarcus Lawrence make plays all the time. Badass. We know he's awesome. But to see other guys kind of get involved, that was 
definitely a positive. I thought Jordan Lewis played pretty well today, flashed a few times as he typically does. Um, I thought that um, Neville Gallimore had a really good day in the middle, even though the Cowboys did get ran on pretty good. Both the San Francisco backs each had 60 yards, but you know, they still held them to, you know, under five yards of carry. Um, you'd like that number to be a little lower, of course, but I still thought like overall, given how bad I thought it could have been going into the day, I was like, man, they're going to give up 250 yards on the ground. They'll give up 150 on the ground. But like, I, I thought the defense showed a little bit of glimpses and granted you played a bad quarterback. That's the reason you won the game is because your quarterback was better than their quarterback. Um, quite frankly, at least in my eyes, that's how, that's why they won the game. Their quarterback is not good. <laughs> like uh, some huge turnovers there, but like um, I really thought it was good of the defense to get those turnovers early. It, should, it was, it was inspiring is not the word, but the word is it was, I don't know. What's the word when like uh, you're in a dumpster and like, maybe, I, Oh, I found a silver dollar. Like there's that type of type of moment. I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it's like, okay, there, we did find something on this bad defense. We made a couple of plays. Yeah, the middle of the defense still worries me a great deal, particularly uh, in their run defense at at both linebacker and defensive tackle, because I don't know how that significantly improves in this offseason. I don't know how you get a, like the defensive tackles that they need to take that to the next level. Then you get Antoine Woods hurt, who's your best defensive tackle. And so that that isn't great. Um, but Donovan Wilson, I would say is, is, is the biggest bright spot just because not only did he have the one interception, but he got close to having another and he just seems like a guy that, you know, I'm not watching him on every single play, but it seems like he, he's got an, he's got a nose for the ball and I kind of am willing to take a guy like that that maybe takes some risks here and there, knowing what the return on the investment could be, you know, a short field for my offense to work with a, a game changing play. Uh, so he is. I would say Donovan Wilson to Marcus Lawrence are the two biggest bright spots to me because those are guys that I see doing what they did on Sunday throughout the rest of this season and into next season, regardless of who else is on the field with them. You know, there's a lot of the other guys there. I mean, cause like even with like, 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 like Leighton Vanderash, I can't speak. Like, can he, it's just, can he stay healthy? You know, like that's the thing. And it's not like anything against him. It's just the fact that just, it's always one thing after another at a position that you really can't hide an injury. Like you just, there's just so many collisions you're involved with. And so you worry about that too. You know, like it just went from a position at linebacker where you're like, yeah, this team looks like it'll be set for like the next, you know, six, seven years to where you're just like, I don't think you can rule out drafting a linebacker relatively high, you know? And, uh, and then the, on the other side, it's like you still don't know totally what you're going to have in, in, in Alden and, and Randy Gregory going into next season. Like if you don't get Alden back, is Randy Gregory your guy, uh, you know, without anybody significant behind him also splitting time on that right end? So there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered on this defense. I mean, a lot needs to be upgraded. I don't think that they're getting seven takeaways in two games against very good competition, playoff competition, but... I feel like it could be, you know, maybe this is just building some momentum into like maybe this is what this defense could be. And I just say that because it's this is the first year with a new system and you're just kind of looking for things that like what could be a positive from this system compared to what the last system was, you know, like something that we didn't see. And clearly the last system was was fine with keeping guys in front, not giving up the big plays, but then you also didn't get the takeaways. So maybe maybe we're starting to see them turn the corner a little bit there. You get Trayvon Diggs back. I, I expect them to draft a corner rel- relatively high in this next draft. So um, 
yeah, there's reasons to be optimistic there, but still, this team comes down to the offense. Any success this team's going to have next year will be all about the offense and how far the offense can take it. Yeah, and I think defensively, the other thing that's kind of you know shaky to judge off of this game specifically is that 49ers, we talked about how banged up the offensive line is for the Cowboys. That 49ers offensive line is just so beat up. I think their right guard is like their fourth or fifth string right guard. It, it's absolutely crazy. So I think that is that is one thing. We know Demarcus Lawrence is a baller. We know Donovan Wilson had a really good game. I will say, though, Donovan Wilson, someone's got to teach that dude how to tackle, though, because, like, because I mean, he can't be taking those 15-yard. I mean, he could have got ejected for that for that penalty that he had there in the middle of the game. It yeah. was, that, was, that was brutal. So I think, you know, there's some things to clean up. The one guy that, to me, is like, it's weird because I'm not saying he had a great game, but when you talk about someone who just pops off the screen every now and then is Neville Gallimore. And like, you know, you talk about defensive tackle being a position that's not that's not very well off on this team. You know, he had a couple of good plays against Pittsburgh. And then he just disappeared for like four weeks, five weeks. And then he showed up with that big goal line tackle today uh, against a banged up offensive line. But I would like to see if he could be at least a rotational guy, someone that can, someone that you can depend on a little bit. So I think that's one thing that I would like to see. But other than that, like, like John said, there's a lot of work to be done, especially at corner in the secondary and everything. So we'll see how it goes. But I did like what I saw from Donovan Wilson today. That was big. I think the defensive tackles are fine. If they had like, like a monster, like one monster D tackle to mix with that group. I think all the other pieces fit together perfectly. You know, like honestly, like, like Don Terry Poe when he was drafted, not Don Terry Poe they got this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like somebody yeah. like, or like your guy, uh, KT, uh, like Kenny Clark or somebody like that, that like you, if you have that guy, I think all the other pieces, Tristan Hill, Neville Gilmore, bring back Antoine Woods. Like, I think all of that fits together and you can work. But I, I just don't know that they have like that first tier guy on this roster right now that they're really missing that you kind of build that middle around. Who was no, no, the last I, one that they had there, like that you would put on that level with the Cowboys? Ratliff? Man. I'm trying to think seriously. Maybe, maybe Ratliff. Ratliff. Tyrone Crawford yeah. before everything, before all yeah, his injuries. Yeah. Jason Hatcher for that one season in 2013. But like, yeah. and then it was, you know, then it was time for Nick Hayden coming in and all that stuff and, you know, all those years, right? He was um, affordable. He was very option on, at the honestly, one technique. You don't spend on the one technique. Honestly, okay? the best guy they've they've probably had in terms of ability was David Irving. But yeah, you know, that's a good one. I mean, with the amount of snaps he had, like the production was off the charts. But he just right. I mean, obviously he's a he's a failure um, in terms of what the Cowboys wanted him out out of him. Uh, you know, he's not on the team anymore. But uh, yeah, that that's that's exactly a good me. one for sure, Kent. Um, yeah, that's 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 tough, man. That's 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 a that's a spot that they absolutely have to address this offseason absolutely 100 hey, have to is there anybody i'm thinking like the cowboys front office right now is there anybody out there who might have had some off the field issues that isn't playing right now that maybe <laughs> they could bring in like i say this as a joke but like you found this team and that is literally like just a year hey, every bring, year after year bring back rolando mcclain for another year didn't he just get reinstated like last year Bring them back. That's fine. I need a D tackle though, Sad. Find me a DT somewhere. I'll bring Gerald McCoy in here again. Yeah, Yeah. that's, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I just don't know. You just wonder again, like what's left 
and then can he stay healthy? I mean, to work, yeah. literally to work that into the contract, what the injury was that he got before that you could void the contract. Clearly, there was something there that's Pretty not wild. great that showed up in the medicals. And the crazy part is, too, I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, I didn't actually look at the at the contract, but I'm pretty sure, too, that that in the contract, it was only on the quad that got hurt. It wasn't like both of your quads. It was the only the quad that got hurt. So it's like they really zeroed in on like this. This might not last. But no, again, like that would be the guy, man. You go to Gerald McCoy, like he was with the Bucks. Oh, my God. And build all like the other guys around him. They'd be fine. It just they're missing that. But like like Ken said, David Irving, is it would be a perfect example. If they were able to get him on track like before the way he was playing that, like a couple of those games, like remember that one against Green Bay? Yeah. Like, yeah, then you can build around that. But I just don't know how you find that guy. That's what this defense needs more than anything. Well, and, and I, I want to go back to your Donovan Wilson point real quick. So we need to know the secondary is going to be something that they're going to look at. Xavier Woods is a guy who I think it's kind of up in the air. I'm a guy who I don't know. You know, I know they want longer guys. I don't think they want, you know, shorter guys. But I really wouldn't mind having Jordan Lewis back at – you know, real cheap. Um, I, I can't get out of my head. I think they're probably done with Cheeto, but I can't get out of my head all the time. Stephen Jones is just randomly mentioned. And of course, Cheeto can play safety despite no evidence of that ever. But I was like, I always keep that in the back of my mind of why he might come back. You saw Anthony Brown make a play today. Um, and Anthony Brown is a guy who I'm happy to have on the team, right? Great. But they are going to have to do a lot of work at corner and at safety. What I want to say about Donovan Wilson and this is kind of what we're talking about evaluating your players in a lost season. But, like, I love having Donovan Wilson on the roster. If Donovan Wilson's a starting safety for me next year, then I have not done a good enough job upgrading the safety position in the offseason. That's how oh, I Oh, Donovan feel. Wilson will be a starter next year. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm there's just not a lot out there. No, and, I know. And, yeah. But he's I'm going to get you, hurt. Hey, he's I'm going to get right hurt. now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, anytime, anytime Demarcus Lawrence is asked about Donovan Wilson, like that's like one of his biggest fans. I'm telling you, like, and, and, and that's just like a little glimpse of like kind of what I think behind the scenes that they think of him. And again, we don't get as much of it this year because of Zoom calls and stuff like that. But I get the sense that you can pretty much pencil Donovan Wilson in as one of the starting safeties next year. Now they need to add to it, of course. Like you said, like I said, I mean, you can say the same thing about safety that I said about defensive tackle. Like I'm fine yeah. with that. It'd be nice if you could have that other guy there that you're just like, you know, this okay, is your so- Har- this is your Harrison Smith, you know, that you could have for almost a decade. Well, which is fine because you need one of, you one of your safeties. You're gonna need to get a safety who can cover then because he can't cover. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like Roy Williams in, in in his days with the Cowboys. And the guy that he reminds me a lot of is Brandon Merriweather, former Patriot and Redskin or Washington Football Team safety. Um, he really reminds me a lot of of Brandon Merriweather, but also some early day Roy Williams. Yeah, no, and look, that, that, that's a uh, you identify like I think they kind of got lost too trying to identify what Xavier Woods was. Can guys be multiple? Can guys play strong? Can guys play free? How about just identify what a guy is so he can focus in on getting better at this one thing? And I think they are going to try to be a little more defined next year rather than this vague. And obviously, we'll see what happens at defensive coordinator, if it's a new one or whatever. But I do feel like, based on the comments from Steven, I do feel like they are going to try to commit to something and not be as vague on what their what their defense is. Um, but I think like with Donovan Wilson, you've got a guy – who's just going to miss games like he missed games in college and he will miss games in the pros. He will get hurt because he plays that way. 
And it's so fine. Bring, I like having. So you have Darian somewhere. Thompson there to back him up. And Darian Thompson, you could do worse as a backup safety. So, all right. So Darian Thompson is your backup safety. Okay. All right. And a good special teams guy. I, I'm okay with that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Why don't you go back to your college film and find us a damn safety somewhere? Can you get me one in the second? Maybe in the third? Somebody can step in and play right away? Guys, I've got some bad news. No, I, I know. I know, KT. And I don't know if we want to. The Cowboys just won. Do I mean, do you really want to do this to, to our listeners? This is not the year for a safety. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the kid from TCU. Which one? There's two of them. The Mo Rig, isn't his name? That was probably a good day three, guys. Yeah, but see, here's the thing. I, like, even even on years that it's not even even in years that it's not good for a safety, I feel like you can always fall. Like, if you if, like, look, the year that Juan Thornhill came out, it, it's not like all of us were were clamoring to get him in the first round, but we felt like you had something in Juan Thornhill. John, you know this from from we did all the mock drafts together this year. Like, you you heard you heard me going on and on about Julian Blackman. Right, like I, the kid from uh, Utah, he's balling out in Indianapolis, I, you know, and he was like a third, fourth round pick or something like that. You can always find someone. There's always going to be someone there in the middle rounds who's yeah. at least decent. Not, not, not a game changer. Not Jamal Adams. Not, not Earl Thomas Prime. But somebody that will be an upgrade over whatever you have right now. Right, and and then when the way they draft is very like. Yeah, I'd rather get that guy in the sixth or seventh or fifth or sixth round because I'd rather get this another offensive tackle, or I'd rather get this other edge rusher here, or I'd rather get this like you know wide receiver or running back or just another position that they see better value in. So when your baseline on your value of the position is already where it's at, it's you're going to be much less likely to do what you just said, Sad, and and to take a chance on a guy that you're like, eh, his ceiling's probably just. Okay, starter, when you're thinking like, oh, I can grab a uh, like a Connor Williams right here and he can be our starting, you know, left guard for the next five or six years or something, you know, and I feel like that's the way they've operated. Maybe that's changed, you know, I don't know if it, yeah, well, I guess it could have changed, but like in the passage, I'm looking at safeties, they look for all kinds of safeties. Guys who can maybe do a little bit of both, maybe play some free, maybe play a little bit of strong. You guys just told me Donovan Wilson's are starting strong safety next year, so I know what I need. I need a safety who can cover. I need a free safety who's got the range to cover the field. I need a guy who's reliable and can do it. Maybe the Oregon kid who opted out this year. Maybe Javon Holland. Maybe. But, ugh. Reggie Robinson isn't doing it for you? I mean, did they just go, what happened? Did, 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 
did someone just say, look, we know that he can't hear out of his left ear. We can't have him out there. We're not what? taking it down that direction, KT. Why I don't do want to go. Have, why is it? That's the only thing You always thing I want to take of. it to negative town. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he should be on the field. It's just weird to me because this regime drafted him. Like, it's not like he's a leftover or something like that. They like Donovan Wilson. Him. Like, yeah. when Donovan Wilson didn't play at the beginning, you're like, oh, this may be big. Or Connor McGovern. You're like, oh, they didn't draft him. But, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like, So all I'm, all I'm going off of, again, like, we don't get to see a ton of practice. A lot of stuff we get to see are individual drills and stuff like that. But I'm thinking that it's just one of those things where he probably gives up some huge plays. He probably isn't in the right position, might not know the entire scheme. Because, I mean, when Steven was asked about him this past week – he just talked about like, <coughs> excuse me, um, him being able to take, you know, what they do on the practice field onto the field and that he pointed out how there's like a little, you know, the adjustment going from Tulsa to the NFL. And so that's why I'm thinking like maybe some of the stuff that work there, they're like, yeah, this is still going to take some time. And Steven compared him to uh, Tristan Hill, where Tristan Hill didn't play at all, really. And then all of a sudden this year, then you're like, oh, we might have something here. And so I, okay. I don't know if that was just wishful thinking, but. I, I agree with you, Saad. This is this regime is the one that wanted him. You know, I mean, I shouldn't say just this regime. Like uh, Will McClay was all about him. I mean, Will McClay loved loved what he did, ball skills, length, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, protecting I, his confidence. Yeah, maybe that's it too. Yeah, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can sit there and you can get beat in practice, and only your teammates see it. And you sit there and you put a guy out there on on, on Sundays and. Everyone sees it, and then they're like, we're ripping them on the podcast and, you know, yeah. talk radio and Twitter. Are like, why would you draft this guy in the fourth round? He's terrible. You know, maybe they're trying to be like, no, let's not do that quite yet. He's a beast. He's a beast. He was taking two rounds too late. I said it. I said it. Um, okay, so they beat, they win. Let's see what it does to their draft standings. Pull up Tankathon. Pick an eighth right now. Move to the eight pick in the draft. The uh, Eagles took that loss today to the Cardinals. Uh, Houston fumbled the ball in the end zone right there, so they stay at four and ten. Atlanta choked on a 24-7 lead, let Tom Brady come back. They're four and ten. So you get four four-win teams, and you've joined uh, a mix of six, uh, six teams who have five wins, including the Giants who are playing on Sunday Night Football as we speak. So you're picking eighth right now. Uh, I, I, I watching, I get to watch the Eagles today and the Eagles are, are just such a better team with a competent quarterback. <laughs> like Jalen Hurts. They should is not draft like, another one. Jalen Hurts is not awesome. Uh, but like he's not, little, no, but the R, the RPOs and the stuff like that is, I think it's going to be bad for Dallas next Wait, week. Are you telling me that you don't think he's going to be their starting quarterback for like the next seven to 10 years? Hmm. I thought they found their new guy. No, I don't know about that. There, I think they're probably done with the other guy. Yeah. No, the other guy's like butthurt that he got benched. It's like, well, maybe you should play better. I don't know what to tell you. Pretty wild that the Eagles wide receivers are just out there making plays. And Jalen Hurts didn't get sacked last week. Like, he got sacked today a little bit. But last, last week, he didn't get sacked much. I, I do think he's going to create a lot of complications for the Cowboys defense next week. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, he's still there's still new tape there. You got to adjust to get the tape out there. You know, you can't judge, you can't judge a young quarterback off of, off of a few games. Like let's, let's get some tape out there and see how other teams adjust. And then everybody else falls in the line. Um, you got to have a few things in your bag of tricks there before you like have really 
establish yourself here. So uh, on that note, though, seven, eight range, nine range, we still in we still in Farley Sertan territory, or have we fallen out of that? No, you're still there. I think I think where you where you hurt yourself is the ability to get maybe a fool's ransom for a pretty bad quarterback. <laughs> um, I say that I just do not, I'm not in love with Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. Just, I, I like the upside. He makes me so nervous and he's played so few games at North Dakota state. Um, I, I do. I feel like that's where you've hurt yourself. The leveraging of a team that might need a, a quarterback maybe, maybe Chicago at 16, maybe new England at 15, you know, wants to come up and get a guy, you know, that's, that's where I, that's where I don't like it. But I, honestly, your, your chances of winning the division went from one to 5% today. So um, you could uh, Washington plays Carolina. You go beat Philadelphia. It's on, it's on. So, I, I mean, look, you get up to six wins. You're talking about picking in that, you're, you're talking about picking that 12 to 18 range. And that is a far cry from what we were talking about at four just last week. So, I don't, but and I, who like are we I, looking at there? Are we getting Quiddy Pay there? Some Rousseau? <laughs> I actually kind of like Quiddy Pay. I'm just saying, man, like I was watching a little bit of that Oregon uh, USC game on Friday night. And I was like, that, uh, that Thibodeau kid, I was like, yeah. he would be the top edge rusher in this draft class. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. know. There might be some other kids, but I know he's just a sophomore, but man, he certainly looks the part. Like no, he, I, I would not be surprised if he's like the top edge rusher in next year's class. You know, he's only a sophomore, so he's excellent and already highly thought of. So it's like, okay, I, I just think you're still at, at eight. I think you're still in that Farley uh, certain yeah. range. I'm I'm a Farley fan, uh, and Chris? I feel way way better. Oh, I love Chris Farley. Favorite? Well, no, it's fine. There's not a lot of Farleys out there. Uh, but I I mean, taking Caleb Farley, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, hit eight rather than taking him at four, I, I can't tell you how much better I feel about it. Does it concern you that he didn't play this year? To an extent, I'm concerned about all the guys who didn't play this year. Just because... In, in a sense that they took a full year off, or the fact that you were a guy that you're like, I want guys to play. Yeah, no, you know, I, yeah, clearly I'm a COVID truther. Uh, and I was like, you can't get the virus. It's a hoax. No, uh... No, no, I, I, here's what the, I meant. I'm more concerned with the bigger guys. I'm more concerned with the linemen when it comes to stuff like that. Like Caleb Farley, his athleticism is it's off the charts. You were like, fine with Sewell a couple of weeks ago. No, He's no, not but, playing. But yeah, but relative concern, you know, relative concern. And now that I've seen the other offensive linemen though in the class, I'm not, we don't have to get Pinay Sewell. You don't have to get Pinay. You can, hey, Tons of guys. In fact, the guy that gave Thibodeau hell the other night, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker uh, for USC. Hey, how about that? But there's a lot of um, – I still think that Sertan and Farley route – you know, I, I saw him a day in the other day, and he made a great point. The discipline, the uh, the kind of Patrick Sertan's leadership type, because he's – like his dad is a coach and like works out players all the time. He has football in his blood, like – he, was, he could be the perfect type of guy across from Trevon Diggs, 
who's kind of more of a risk taker, might try to make more plays right. in the ball. Yeah. And Sertan's a little more solid. I thought that was a really good point. Because with Farley, you are getting a guy who is going to go maybe out of his way a little bit to try to go make a play when maybe he should have stayed tight, you know, like things like that. But I, you start talking about where you're drafting. This team may be drafted 13 and those guys are gone. And then you're talking yeah. about the next wave of corners. So the Cowboys have put themselves in a, in a position. They haven't, you know, it's not worse than what the Jets did today, in my opinion. But um, and, and just look at it from this perspective. Just look at, I mean, it's not like you have to go back ten years, five years, whatever. Just go back to last year. I mean, what wave would you say Trayvon Diggs was in the draft to fall to where he did? It was at the fourth yeah. wave, you know, of, of, yeah. of corners. So there's going to be players out there. You never thought it does blow me away though, because 17. I don't when I when I watch Alabama, I don't see the ball skills that like and, and the things that would be the flashy things about Sertan that would be like, oh yeah, this guy's top ten. Where I, as I see those with Trayvon Diggs, and like you actually hear Mike McCarthy say, like, I've never even seen a young corner with the ball skills that this kid has. And so I'm just kind of like, so how did he fall there? But then this guy, like, is it because Sertain is like more, is he safe? Like, you know what his he's floor safe. is more so? Like, I mean, he's he, obviously he's a guy that has been thrown to the wolves and, and played right from day one in Alabama as like the top corner coming out of high school that he's got the pedigree and all that. But it's like when you watch him against, let's say, like Florida and that, it's not like he's just this guy that's all over the field. You're just like, man, you don't you don't want to even target that guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, his size, too. I mean, the fact that he's 6'2", I mean, that's big. Not yeah. his corners are that big. But he's just like, you know, what? When you, I think safe is a good word, but I don't want to make it sound like he's just some guy who just stands out there and covers his guy and goes home. Like, you see him come in and try to tackle and things like that. I just... Well, you think his watch, ceiling is higher than Byron Jones? Do you just uh, yes? Okay, I would say yes, but I'm judging that a part of that's because he played Alabama compared to Connecticut. You know, I'm just yeah. Well, and I'm just saying I don't think he's going to have the combine I, and that type of number stuff no. that like obviously Byron had because I don't Farley, think I don't know if he has that. Yeah, Farley might be that. You know, um, but you see, I'm ready, I'm ready for them to, to to go with a corner, and I've already heard it from people on Twitter. Like they don't, they're not impressed by these guys. They they want something else. I'm not impressed by this draft. So I just, I don't even, I don't, I don't, not, nothing that you're going to say to me is going to com- completely change it. So I'm just looking at like what position could make a significant impact right now, and to me, that's a good corner. You know, there's a guy from um, Notre Dame, the linebacker Koromoa oh, Jeremiah. Yeah. Very, o- I'm very familiar with his work. Yeah, JOK. That's the, that's the guy who's like, this is where he's problematic for what the Cowboys need to like figure out what they're doing defensively, though. Like, what are yeah. they? Because they could, we've talked for years about, well, maybe they could take a Buda Baker type, and he kind of plays linebacker and he kind of plays safety. Um, but they never wanted to go there, right? They never wanted to make that jump to, to that world of guys who can kind of be a hybrid. And he is perfect for that. Yeah. It probably like goes that. in the top 20, and I really think like what he would bring, but I don't know how they would use him. I think maybe yeah. they'd play him at safety. I don't know what they would do. Yeah. I don't but, know that he's a guy that you would want as your other corner that's – I mean, your other safety that's turning and running coverage, though. I think he's a guy that you want to kind of yeah. move around and have him playing downhill and doing a bunch of different things, you know. You want him to be freed up to make plays. And I feel like they're going to be reluctant to go in that d- direction from defensively. Based on Jalen's I like comments. that, though. I didn't even think of him because I was always thinking that they were going to be drafted in the top, like, five or six. But now that you said that, if they fall outside the top ten, yeah. I love that. Now, of course, and, like, 
he is he is the he is the Diet Coke version of uh, the Simmons kid that went to yeah. the Cardinals, and obviously he hasn't come in right away and made a huge impact. So people are going to be like, so this is the, like the light version of him. Like that guy's not really doing anything there. So, but but you know why I don't think he is, or at least to a certain extent, is because of what you just said, Katie. Is like you also got to put him with the staff that wants to use him. In, in that right way and, and so that it can fit for what he does. And maybe they haven't done that. I haven't, I don't, I'm not sure, but Arizona did, certainly wasn't playing him much like early in the year when they played the Cowboys. You know, based on Jalen's comments early in the year, knowing that they have Leighton, knowing what those guys do and those guys are you know, pretty big investments for them. I just kind of think they're going to go four, three, they're going to identify it. I think they're going to make that, I guess it sounds weird change. It's not a change really. Like go back to a four, three, maybe it's a little different. And I just think they're going to commit to that. And that's where I think that Owosu guy is probably not a great fit. You know, he's yeah. probably more a guy who can move around, but I just kind of think they're going to do that. And I, I don't like that you would be doing that because of Jalen and Layton, but I think that might be why you would be doing it. So then it's what they're comfortable with. And as you said, you should always do it around DeMarcus Lawrence. How would you guys feel about them taking an offensive tackle or the Kyle Pitts kid, the tight end out of uh, Florida? (laughs) Like what if they went offense again? Do it like offense though. Like if you go offensive line or something like that, somewhere where like someone can plug in, I get that Kyle Pitts. Look, I love him and he, and he looks really good, but Arguably, your number one surprise of the entire season has been Dalton Schultz, and that comes after you signed your number one tight end <laughs> to an extension earlier this year. So, like, I mean, unless you unless you can, you're able to trade Pitts or trade Jarwin or something like that. You're not getting anything for Schultz. Um, but if you're able to do something like that, then that's fine. But um, offensive line, I understand. Other than that, no. I mean, not just adding Pitts. There's just it's not about there's not enough footballs to go around. There's not enough there. You you only have five positions, five skill positions that could be on the field. Like, how are you going to do that with your three receivers, Zeke Pollard, Jarwin Schultz? I mean, you just don't have room. Hey, how do you guys speaking of all these targets and all these people out there? How do you guys feel about six targets for Noah Brown today? <laughs> that was weird, man. Like, yeah, I didn't know was. CD was hurt or what? <laughs> Well, well, Gelb got hurt. Yeah, you know, so he le- he left the game. Um, I don't know what the prognosis is there. Uh, they they didn't really update us much after the game. They just said it was a strain. Uh, and so I'm kind of like, okay, so maybe that's why he was in there. But six targets for Noah Brown, like, but it's like you had him running that skinny post when when Dalton threw it to the right, outside near side. Right. I'm like, why is CD not running that route? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I, I I kept going. Okay, can Cedric Wilson get involved? Like I get we're going away from the top oh, three. Yeah. Oh, when get you were hey, throwing hey, the ball, and when you were thinking that, they were like, "Oh, hold on, Katie, we're about to loosen up the arm." Hey, check this out. So during the game, like in the third quarter, um, I don't know, I don't know why. Like, so I'm sitting, I'm sitting there, and Todd Archer's sitting to my right, and all of a sudden we just like look at each other because Garrett Gilbert is just running up and down the sideline with his helmet on, like he's ready to go, and I'm like. Oh, something happened to Dalton. Nope. Just was running on the sideline, whatever. I'm like, okay, is this going to be like a trick play or something like that? Are they about to bring him in to hold on a field goal or something? And then he's going to, I mean, he was sprinting all over the place, like getting warmed up. I was like, what's about to go down here? Like, what is Garrett Gilbert doing? Like, you just honestly, like, I think these things now because of watching this team all season. Like, you're just like, like, I literally every single time today they punted, I was like, 
I said to somebody, I'd be like, nice winders throwing here. I'm telling you, yeah. just I, he's going to throw it. I'm telling you, they're getting ready for nice winder to throw it. It's going to happen. Like, I just, I expect them to do stuff. By the like way, this. he's the future at that position. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's yeah. Good. Nice winder. Um, okay, you guys think they're going to beat the Eagles? Oh, man. How many turnovers do they get? <laughs> Jalen Hurts will probably throw it to you once. Okay. Maybe That's twice. I know it's, I hate to be like so simplistic about this, but really it comes down to like with this team, unless they're playing like a really good team, but like the Eagles are in the same, it's like, it really does come down to like, will they take care of the ball? Cause that's the other thing in these last two games. Not only have they gotten the takeaways, but there hasn't been those like random fumbles and, and the turnovers on offense. They've been like really solid. Like Andy Dalton ain't going to blow you away. What do you have today? Hold on. He had two Oh nine. I mean, yeah. but he didn't turn the ball over and, you know, just solid like that. If they take care of the ball like that, get a turnover or two. Yeah. I think, I think they beat the Eagles, but. I am concerned about the Jalen Hurts running all over the place. I will say that that there there is some current concern there with this run defense. That you know these last two quarterbacks they've had success against aren't really big time runners. And and Jalen Hurts will, I mean, what does he have to lose? Like he'll run it fifteen times if he has to. If that's going to be you know for them to win the game. And so, uh, man, I'll I'll say Cowboys mm, by. 2120. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be that close too. Before before I move on to the Eagles, I do you know, I do need to give one point of recognition on the on this game. That Andy Dalton throw to CD Lamb might have been the best throw I've seen him make in his career. You know, you know the one I'm talking about where he like rolled out to the right, found CD on the right sideline yes. in the end zone. That was probably the best throw I've seen him make in his career. I've watched a lot of Bengals football in the past and I've never seen him make something like that. That kind of that kind of you know surprised me. All right, uh, all right. Well, then if we're talking about surprises and best throws, that throw he threw up at halftime from like sixty-five yards. Oh yeah, that hit up CD's and, uh, hands a couple of weeks ago. That one, I was like, why is they? Why are they even throw? This is so stupid. Whoa, <laughs> that one okay. should have been caught. That one should have okay, been caught. Okay, Red yeah. Rifle. I see what you're working with there. No, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you, Sai. Because like when he threw that up, like. So you know how like where we are in, in the press box, which is like that upper like left corner there off of like the visitors bench. He put it up in the air and I was like, Huh. That doesn't Oh, that's that's a nice <laughs> throw. That is right there. Like I was like and it was in a big moment too. It's not like, you know, they needed that. That got that got that got them some momentum. They ended up scoring on that drive. No, that's a good point. That was a that was a really nice ball. Yeah, so that that was a really good throw. Uh I think if Andy Dalton can, you know, contribute a few of those, one or two of those every game, that can be game changer. Um, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, they scored on the very next play after that throw. So, you know, those kind of things do do that for for a team. Um, I'm going to take the Cowboys, though, just because I think I, I think the defense, if they can create one or two turnovers and it's a rookie quarterback, I think they can. Um, if they're able to do that, then I think they have a chance. So I'm going to go Cowboys 27-24. I... Uh... KT, before we get your pick, I got a, yeah. I got a question. One question for you here. How did you feel about the field goal from midfield oh. right before half with 22 <laughs> seconds still left on the clock? So here's my honest thought. My honest thought is because they didn't have any timeouts, I was okay with it. But yeah. if they had a timeout, I would have punted. Because um, then you end, you end their hopes of scoring, you know, by punting immediately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, knowing that Zerline, you know, you know he's got the leg – and they didn't have timeouts. I was actually okay with it. 
I had a feeling he was going to miss it. Oh, uh, obviously. But um. Oh, hey, and as a note, uh, that that's has to be the coldest game that's been played at AT and T Stadium because you know they had to have the doors and and the and the roof open, and so I think it was like it was in like the low fifties or whatever, which isn't bad. I mean, it was fine. It's you know, great I know this I was time in the press here. box, but yeah, I went walking around for like a little bit. I mean, it was sun was out a little bit and all that, but I'm just like for the standard of what it has been before this year for them to open the doors and roof. I mean, it's, I don't know. Like I was like, Hmm, this is kind of a different, different atmosphere <laughs> for this place. But I'm not that I, I'm not saying that cause I think it had any impact on him missing that kick, you know, but yeah. uh, I just thought it was interesting. Cause like, it was like, you missed this, you know, they are getting it at, at the 50, only 22 seconds, and I don't know that you're that worried about Nick Mullins, but still, uh, it was an interesting call. Mullins came into play uh, for sure in that thought. Yeah. Um, I am going to pick the Eagles to win this game, barring the, fact, the, barring the idea that they quit. They could quit. I don't see that happening, though. I don't think the Eagles are going to quit on their team. Uh, if, if anything, they're a little more rejuvenated. Um, with J- uh, with Hertz at quarterback, I mean they they fought they fought Arizona tooth and nail today, and just you know, just didn't have enough guns to to make it happen. But you know had plenty of chances to win that game. Yeah, I think Philadelphia is a better team than we are. Um, so uh, and look at some of their defensive playmakers as well. I, I just think it's going to be tough to run the ball, tough to get things going um, on the ground. And I think uh, the Eagles get a win. By about seven or ten, yeah, pretty close game. I'll, I'll go twenty-seven to twenty. All right, Ken, uh, you're you're the star of this. Am I the last one? You are Nostradamus. So, what do you got here? Uh, I'm not. Don't even go to the game, folks. He's about to ruin it for you right now. <laughs> uh, don't even need to watch. Uh, you know, I I don't think this Cowboys team does really well. In fact, I know they don't do very well with with dynamic quarterbacks who can escape the pocket, uh, especially this season. Um, so, given the fact that that that's what Philadelphia is now. Uh, this, this Dallas defense doesn't do well with dynamic tight ends either. And the fact that they have two and they're their main weapons and Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz and, and their offense is putting it together. Yeah, I, I, I give Philadelphia the slight edge here, given the, uh, the little bump that Jalen Hurts has given that offense. So I'm going to go, oh, this is tough, 24-20 Philadelphia. Oh, to piggyback off of one thing Kent said, I'm not, I, I don't like to play armchair couch coach often but i will say this if they try to if they try to spy jalen hurts with jalen smith someone i i'm gonna blow my brains out if that happens <laughs> you need to you need to have jordan lewis doing it or someone like that yeah. i i swear jalen smith better not be spying jalen hurts i don't think they'll do that I, the point out the jordan lewis thing that is interesting that does make uh a lot of sense to to potentially use him in that in that role um I literally did think, though, and I don't know what point it was, but at one point in the fourth quarter, something happened. It might have been, I don't know, what was it? It was Maybe it was a turnover or something, but I was like, damn, Kent really has this figured out this year. <laughs> like, yeah, what do you got, done. like two games wrong? He's missed uh, one. Or one? What yeah, game was that? It was the, Washington, the first Washington football team game. I did not think they would lose to the Washington football team at that I point. I mean, you got, the, the, you got the watermelon kick right. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah, genius. He's, he's yeah. I remember you saying that on the show too. You're like, "Hey, I heard they got this onside kick that they haven't uh, I did. Shown yeah, they might I did. Just buckle up, kids. No Falcons were listening to that, thankfully. <laughs> um, and and I'm glad you I'm glad that you you said that it was that Washington game because that's another point I wanted to make real quick. If they fall short, like of winning this division, that's very winnable for them. 
they, all they have to blame is themselves. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, and, and really, to be honest with you, I hope it is one game back so that we can just revisit the whole, like, fake punt on fourth and ten. Like, I mean, that <laughs> game was right there. Like, they don't have to sit there and look at, like, any other team. Like, man, I wish, you know, Washington wouldn't have beaten, uh, who did they beat? Well, they San beat uh, Pittsburgh. They beat oh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh yeah, though. Yeah. Remember that? I mean, you were like, there's no way they're going to win that game. You know, they're undefeated Pittsburgh, whatever like that. Like, there's just random games that, like, I think that people look back on. It, the people that do want them to win the division, which I know it's a very few. But, like, it was there for them. Just think about where they'd be right now if they would have won that game against Washington. Yeah, the know? Cowboys could be peaking at the exact right time <laughs> this season, like playing their best football in Week 17 right. and still not make it because of that, uh, how they played Washington earlier in the season. But, I mean... Like I said at the outset, guys, it's I was very pessimistic on on the playoff chances, but after this week, man, you know Washington doesn't have Alex Smith. New York, their will def- probably their lose out. Just so good, though, man. If, I mean, their front is so damn good. They are, but if Dallas can beat Philadelphia, I think they'll win this division. I mean, I think that's really oh, okay. what it comes down to. So, Ooh. so you think you think that Washington's going to lose out? Then I do. Carolina, yeah. What gets you excited about Carolina? You don't think that the Washington football team? I think Dwayne Haskins is is horrific. I think that's yeah. what terrible. it is. If if they had anyone who is, you know, Case Keenum or Colt McCoy or any of those guys back there, I would I would give them the edge. But I just yeah, think I they're, they're going to rally for Ron bad. Rivera against his old team. I hope. Think that I mean, I, I hope I hope that we don't have to cover a Dallas Cowboys <laughs> playoff game against the Packers or something. You know, because that won't be very fun. But It'd how funny would that be? How funny would it be if they beat the Packers after how much oh, the Packers incredible. have been a thorn in their side? The Packers are like riding high right now. I, I saw Rogers talking the other day about how it's like, and, and I didn't even believe it was that first KT, but he said that they've never hosted an NFC championship game. All the years that he's been there, they've always, their NFC championship games have always been on the road. And so he was like talking about how cool it would be if they actually got to host one in Lambeau this year. And I was just like, can you just imagine if this terrible Cowboys team ruined the Packers season? Can you imagine if this terrible Cowboys team, you know, uh, asked backwards their way to the playoffs and then like made it further than this Cowboys team has made it since 1995 and like made incredible. it to the NFC championship game? That would be awesome. Can you imagine that? Their first round opponent right now would probably be the Buccaneers because the Buccaneers are probably going to win out, and so yeah. that would be that would be a hell of a game though. That would be interesting to watch. I would be fun. excited to see that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'd be excited to see them play any of these because it's the thing is not I wouldn't care about them like being in the playoffs. I I it just would be cool to see a playoff game against one of these other teams that yeah. would be moving on. But uh, oh my god, that would be amazing too, especially if that was like Tom Brad- Tom Brady's like this is his last run. Yeah. You don't think they could beat the Rams? I mean, the Jets beat the Rams yeah. today. <laughs> no, that's like, true. That's true. The Rams look very gettable <laughs> right now. That's true. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, we're going to be back next week. We're not going to have the typical midweek podcast. We'll let everyone, uh, you know, enjoy their holidays and, and that type of thing. We'll be back following the Cowboys and Eagles game on Sunday. Make sure you're oh, – obviously, though, if anything breaks, anything huge – uh, we'll have emergency podcast material for you, as always, here on The Athletic. Um, also, make sure that you're following everyone on The Athletic. Like Saad Youssef, today we got the uh, start date for uh, for the NHL. Saad, your new Stars beat reporter for The Athletic. So uh, make sure you're following Saad and enjoy all of his work throughout the hockey season once that gets going. Um, Bob will have his normal write-ups, I would imagine, and John's got his game story up already on The Athletic. So go check that out. Uh, for our producer, Kent Garrison, who's producing so many podcasts on The Athletic, including Prospects to Pros, 
I always get that oh, good yeah. draft for you. Um, for Father John Bashota, for Saad Yusuf, I'm Kevin K.T. Turner. Happy holidays, everyone, and we'll see you next time on another edition of About Them Cowboys. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>